podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 272, and I'm Trev Denny. I'm podcasting to you here in beautiful rural Ireland, as always. And I'm joined by Carl Kapak, by Cam Branch, and for a second outing as both producer and contributor by Guy Drinkle. Now, to start the show, I came across recently something doing the rounds on Twitter that I hadn't actually seen it for years. Uh, over the years, you get asked some very interesting questions as an Irishman, especially by um, folk from abroad who may not really have the first clue about what's going on, um, who were convinced or remain convinced that there is some sort of ongoing war uh, between the North and the South and don't really understand the history of it. Um, in that vein, we were treated like I say, to a resurgence of these clips from an old 1970s documentary when the Troubles were at their height, uh, recorded by this delightfully uh, posh and out of tune, out of whack, not in the know type, who comes over and tries to befriend the locals. The results are quite droll indeed. So there follows now two minutes of this fella who actually you know how posh he is because he doesn't say Belfast. He says Belfast. Um, he tries to impose the BBC speak over it. Uh, it's a remarkable thing. Just bear with it because the jokes are jokes you'll have heard in your youth, especially if you hung around people who were working on building sites and the like. Uh, and the payoff right at the end is worth hanging in there for so like i say it's about one minute 50 or so i think it's entertaining a little slice of the past here we go despite having an agreement with the city council to film at the location the local men seemed irked and irritated by my mere presence and inquisitive nature par for the course for any journalist one might say the nickname they bestowed on me that of county ballocks transpired to be less affectionate than i'd first assumed <laughs> But I won them round by simply rolling up my sleeves and asking what I could do to assist the gentleman. After laughing heartily at my offer, what seemed to be the foreman, or at least the most cognizant of the team, asked me to head to the builder's merchants for a mechanical instrument they required called a long wait. Buoyed by the prospect of winning the trust of the local men, the four-mile trek on foot seemed to fly by. At the builder's merchants, I asked for a long wait and was instructed to take a seat outside. It wasn't until closing time, some three hours later, that I found out I'd been the victim of a jape. My return to the building site was greeted with gaggles of raucous laughter and some of the most violent pats in the back I've ever experienced. Working-class men from Northern Ireland have an unerring ability to spot and exploit naivety for their own personal amusement, and I do not believe that in my 43 years on this planet I've ever encountered a less endearing trait. I politely declined the offer of a bottle of stout the foreman produced from a lunch pail, partly because I did not wish again to be the victim of a second successive jape, and partly because I wished for nothing more than the comfort of my hotel bed owing to the gruelling eight-mile round trip I had just completed on foot. 
Little did I know that my bed at the Europa Hotel had actually been blown to Kingdom Come along with several dozen others in a controlled explosion that lunchtime. An explosion, it transpired, I'd heard as a dull rumble while sitting in McDowell and Sons Builders Merchants several hours previously. Belfast can be a rather tiresome place. Absolutely fantastic, in my opinion, and worth the checking out if you wish i'll post the link to it later on the twitter we might even put it put it on the instagram because it it, re, it deserves several repeated listens and views it's a remarkable thing um i don't know what i liked most about it but certainly if like i say if i don't know if, if any of the three of you have ever done any work on building sites or in their environs but every day a new kid comes to the building site they get sent for this mysterious thing called a long stand or maybe a bucket of steam or perhaps go and find me the spirit, uh, the bubble for a spirit level, that type of thing. Tartan paint. Tartan paint. The fact that this absolute tough falls for it uh, and heads off and then is absolutely lacking in amusement. That amused me no end. So the fact, the fact that he also stays at the Europa Hotel, which is just, in those yeah. times, yeah, it's the most bombed hotel in Europe. He's <laughs> just. He's I've just, actually uh, got a little story that uh, ties in with a long way. Go for it. We went to uh, Bulgaria um, just before Christmas last year. Uh, me, and my cousin, and a lot of his mates. And we went. We went up the. Uh, we went up to the ski slope, and um, there was a. What's the uh, motorized toboggan called? Is it um, Skidoo? Um, you know the big, huge things. The uh, forgot what they're called. Um, you know, the, you get a couple of people on. It's like a jet ski, but for snow. Skidoo. Is it? Is that what it's actually called? I've never heard of that. Snowmobile. 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 Yeah. 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 Snowmobile. Sorry. So the, uh, my cousin and another guy said, "Oh, look, there's a snowmobile there." Um, um, let's see if we can hire one. So they went into the shop, and obviously, I've been Bulgarian. They don't speak any Bulgarian, and uh, they said to the to the lady behind the counter, "Oh, we want to hire the uh, we want to hire the snowmobile." And uh, the lady goes, "Oh, just just sit down there." So they sat down. They waited about ten minutes, and um, they. Nothing happened. They went up to the lady again and said, well, we've been sat here for 10 minutes and we're waiting. And she goes, sorry, no English. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's always it's always nice to see um, see people getting taken for mugs by characterful locals, I have to say. Um, I do have uh, a friend who used to do um, leprechaun tours with American tourists. Uh, and he made a small fortune um, on the barges uh, on the Shannon um, doing leprechaun tours. He'd take them off at certain points and they'd go off into the uh, countryside and I swear to God, they paid handsomely. So, I mean, look, you if you will be a mug, uh, you deserve what's coming to you. That's Carl Kalbach you can hear in the background there. How are you, my friend? My, my favorite Europa um, hotel story is, is one Barry Cryer tells about Willie Rushton. When they went to play Belfast, uh, in, in during you know d- during the the troubles as they were uh, euphemistically called, and uh, uh, they said there's a thing on the th- on the form when you have to write in, and it said you know where did you hear of the where did you hear of the hotel? <laughs> really rushed and broke news at ten. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
Every second night, every second night, most bombed, <laughs> most bombed hotel in Europe. Yeah, if absolutely. Not, I think actually at one point. Um, anyway, what have you got to start us with, my friend? I know we're going to come back onto this, but I know we're going to start with, with football rather than this. But um, I saw this and I thought this was quite nice because it actually covers two areas. Mm. Uh, this stand wasn't because I feel like I'm putting I'm being put down in any kind of way. This is because I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice, people that don't have a platform to talk about and have their voices heard and, and affect change. So I'm in a position where I can do that, and I'm going to do that for people that can't. And that is? That's Colin Kaepernick. And he's actually talking about Black Lives Matter there, uh, and, you know, taking the knee and all that sort of thing. But I didn't think it was also quite um, um, apposite for the, um, the, the Marcus Rashford thing this week. Yeah, for sure. Because um, he stands up, and he's actually using his, his, his voice and his... The power of his name, as it were, to actually do for people for people who are complete, continually ignored by by all governments, I should say. Well, the Kaepernick thing is very interesting. It's a misunderstood story uh, in, in many ways. Uh, I mean, the dude's not hurting for money, but he absolutely was uh, sidelined by completely by an entire organization, one of the biggest organizations in in that um, in that continent, and then. They've done a massive mea culpa with the head of the NFL recently. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's stories that, oh, Kali might be getting a, a contract here, there, or everywhere. So people, maybe maybe some sort of uh, balance restoring at last in terms of his story. But it is good to see the things that we were seeing across uh, the, the, the sporting world uh, and inspired, actually, um, by his actions uh, in, so, in so many ways. Uh, we will come back to that, you're right, um, because I know you want to talk about Mark, Marcus Rashford and we can't um, avoid the topic, and we shouldn't when it comes to talking about the football, which we will be doing. But, Guy Drinkle, what have you got to start us off with as an opening idea? Yes, uh, as, I, as last week proven, I, I am a, a cinephile. I, yes. I, 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 on, I only partake in the best pieces of cinema. So I've got a quote from another absolute masterpiece <clears throat> good god this has got layers carl you'll love this okay okay right listen we cannot turn against each other right now that is exactly what the beavers want <laughs> <laughs> and that is of course from zombievers which is a 2015 masterpiece whoa whoa whoa, whoa. roll back yes Z- zombie so these are these are the undead beavers of presumably Canada or something. It's it's just a nice little cabin where people go on holidays, and you do, you don't start on a beaver. But see if they're undead ones. <laughs> yes, but you don't turn into a zombie. You turn into a beaver. Oh, I see. Sorry, I'm messing yeah. up with the fault. Actually, now. no, you don't turn into a beaver. You turn into a human beaver. But there's more on that later. Closing quote. You've got more. There's layers. <laughs> Oh man, I, I, you see, we we've discussed this particular movie before, and you introduced me to it. I thought I was good on 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 um odd oddball B movie type things, mm. but I'd, n- I'd never heard of it till you mentioned it in our mm. chats before. So I cannot literally wait, cannot wait for a second helping of of, of Zombieber's oh. wisdom. I've, That's great. I found a website where it gives you the quote. A viewer quote and then lessons learned from the film. So, <laughs> so this this is this is the detail I've got into here. Absolutely 
Forget your Barry Lyndons. Forget your 2001 Space Odyssey. Forget your Hamlets. Put the all to one side and get into Zombievers because that's where the real truth is. Uh, Cam, what have you got for us to start off with? Okay, I have a quote from a gentleman called John Tudor, who I have no idea who he is. Um, so we won't play that game tonight. So the quote is, Technology makes it possible for people to gain control over everything except over technology. Oh, give it again. Give it again from the top. I got I got distracted. Okay. Technology makes it possible for people to gain control over everything except over technology. It's good. It's good. Do you know that this week's episode of The Great Stories is a story by Harlan Ellison in which AI takes over? And I don't mean the channel uh, that we operate for. I mean artificial intelligence. And it's a terrifying story about sentience and AI and all the rest of it. And I assume that's where you're going with that. And I think we might be getting very close <laughs> to uh, to the kind of technocratic horror that people thought was a, a distant dream. Um, very soon. Yeah, so that's, that's opposite as hell, Cam. Thanks for that. That's nice and dark. Certainly takes us on a different road from, uh, Zombievers. Did you want to comment on that? Or are you happy to leave that sit in the ether there? Um, well, the reason I went with that quote is obviously because of the, the goal that wasn't given in yesterday's game. Ah, you brought it around to the football. God bless you. You brought it around to yeah. the football. See, you've lightened it. Okay. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's get into the football because we can talk about football again. We had two Premier League games uh, back with all the bells and whistles attendant. Um, but let's start with that one specific incident because it's a remarkable thing. Now, I don't want to get – I don't want to retread old ground because everybody's done this to death. But just do start us off. And for those maybe who still haven't been able to get themselves into the football until the Reds return on Sunday, maybe just set it up for us, Cam. Okay, it was about, it was coming to the end of the first half of the, uh, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United game. And, um, Sheffield United had a free kick out on the left touch line about, uh, if you're going back from the goal, uh, from the, the byline, uh, about 25 yards, 30 yards out. So right near the, uh, touch line as well. So the, the Sheffield United player, he's, he's basically, gone for goal and it's going right into the top corner and the goalkeeper has nobody on him apart from his own defender and he catches the ball and he fumbles and he falls behind the post and he's holding the ball behind the post and then he comes out and somehow miraculously the goal line technology fails and so Michael Oliver, the referee, has not given a goal because his little vibrator has failed him as well. So no goal was given. And he even points to his watch, doesn't he? As if to say, he, he, no, he, it, it he didn't points, go. He, he's, telling, he's telling a Sheffield United player quite clearly, yeah. my watch hasn't gone off, so I can't give the goal. Yeah. But there was there were so many fouls committed by Aston Villa in that penalty area at the same time. Two free players were hauled to the ground, I think. Why he didn't then say, why don't I just check VAR because there was a possible foul? He, what he, 
he missed everything miraculously. The, the, the cameras in the goal missed the ball crossing line because apparently the goalkeeper got in the way of every single camera. Mm. That is odd because the camera angle that was going along the goal line, you can quite clearly see he's beat the goalkeeper and the ball are behind the post. And it's an it's an unimpaired it's an unimpaired line of sight. It is. So how did all those cameras in that goal fail? It it's a bullshit excuse by Hawkeye. And let me but the let, ramifications. Let, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The ramifications now for Sheffield United, who are chasing a Champions League spot potentially, if they don't get a Champions League spot because they only picked up one point here where they should have picked up three points and they fail by one point to get into the Champions League, they, if, if they do not take legal action, I would be surprised. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. And let me just, let me just give the, the after effects of that before, uh, I'd like to get a take from Carl and Guy on this. Uh, beautifully set up there by Cam. And, you know, with the fact that football is back, my Sky subscription has been, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just hold my hands up. I never cancelled. I should have cancelled. I didn't cancel it. So I've had it the whole time. Um, so I was tuning into Sky Sports News with Glee this morning to watch all sorts of football related malarkey for the first time in months. And of course, they had a lot of the aftermath. And this is where I want to go with it because I'm interested to see what uh, Carl and, and Guy have to say about this. There's a very peculiar situation here, aside altogether from the fact that, that Cam alludes to pot- potential ramifications down the line. I'm not sure how much they'd stand up, but they're, they're there. Hawkeye has said that in 9,000 matches in which it's been used, and it's used, it's used almost exclusively across the uh, All-Ireland Football Championship for years before it ever came near um, football in England. What I have noticed is that they said in 9,000 matches, there's never been a problem. And as Cam said, this one time, apparently, there were issues. There was, uh, the, the, the goalkeeper was occluded, um, from the vision of Hawkeye. I don't understand that happens, how that happens because I thought there were sensors in the football as well. So I don't understand that. The sensors in the football, as far as I know, are the ones that equate to the buzzing that comes to the Hawkeye wristwatch wristband thingamajig on Michael Oliver's arm. Now, in many ways, I don't blame Michael Oliver. He was caught. I don't, I don't the, the, te- the technology let him down, and he said, look, I can't award it. Here's my question, and this is the thing I don't understand. And I have, I think it comes back to the same thing that we've been saying about VAR from the start. Cam asked a very simple question, Carl. Why did VAR not get, not get involved? And they had Dermot Gallagher and a sort of talking heads on today. And the bottom line is, it seems to be as simple as this. They could not get involved because the referee did not go to them, as Cam said. And also, because it's not, as we said before, a clear and obvious error that he's made because his technology let him down, they did not intervene. Now, to me... They were all saying what Dermot Gallagher said was every referee has been a VAR and they know the pressure that the referee is under and they know the situation that they're in. 
And it came back, I think, to the old boys network of not wanting to embarrass the man on the spot, not wanting to interject and intervene. And as a result, a terrible travesty of a decision resulted. Would you agree with that, Carl? I, I have a lot of sympathy with Michael Oliver. I really do. I think the linesman needs a word. Both of them need a word for that because I think they've let him down. I, if, if Michael Oliver's defence is the fact that he couldn't, he couldn't give anything because he hadn't been told to, and you know, and there's something with a better eye than he's got, even though he's looking at the thing, then he, he's right. He, you know, he, when he was saying to the Sheffield United players, I can't give it because it's not. You know, someone with a better view says it wasn't a goal, and I can't do that. Now you can you can debate about whether yes, but I was standing right in front of it. I clearly saw you fall over the line with the ball. Is he allowed to to overturn that? I'm not sure he is, to be honest. Um, I think what's basically happened is someone hasn't pressed the reset button for a while, and they've forgotten. I honestly think that's the point. I think that's that, that's what's happened. Beforehand, and it was working fine, apparently. Yeah, they showed footage on Sky Sports this morning of the system being tested with a guy actually walking backwards over the line with the little wristwatchy thing on and the ball in his hands. So that was proof positive that they had tested it and it was working. So the explanation that they're giving is that there was an occlusion, that the goalkeeper was occluded. And yet, as Cam says, there was a line of sight. Yeah, there was a line of sight. You could see it. And again, and I want to tease this out with you, Guy, VAR, this thing I'm saying to you, but I, I think it was the old boys network. Let's not let's not embarrass Michael. Um, let's not get involved. Let's just sit here and say nothing. When the clear truth of it was available to them, that they could have overruled everything or at least had a word in his ear. But because he didn't go to them, they, they shrugged their shoulders. Oh, what can we do? What do you think about that take? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> VAR, I mean, I quite like VAR, but the Premier League's implementation of it is just shit. <laughs> um, yeah. That's probably the bottom line of it, and I think that's a continuation of it today. Oh, or yesterday, I should say. Took him a whole 40 minutes to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still have full trust in goal line technology because this is the first time it's screwed up, and it's probably some bloke who's not turned it on or he knocked it off as soon as they tested it or something. Um, but it's just a shit place for it to happen on the first game back in months when it's probably the heaviestly watched Aston Villa v Sheffield United game ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but guys, wouldn't you think that if there was a simple fuck up involved, mm. if it was, you know, uh, Howard from accounts who just brushed into somebody, or 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 Eric from tech. Uh, who just actually forgot to turn on the big red switch. Wouldn't you think that would be a simpler thing to say rather than, no, actually our technology didn't work for the first time ever because there was an occlusion of the ball. Do you know what I mean? Does that just make them look silly? It would be a better excuse than, oh, someone stood in front of the camera so it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything would be better than the one they gave. Mm. It's it's, it's a really weird and sort of undermining of the technology. Mm. I remember back in the early days of this, there were a few of us who were like of the conspiracy theory that they're trying to get make so many mistakes with this they can just pull it and say mm-hmm. it doesn't work for us. Uh, <laughs> when you see something like that, um, it's just a, it's just really disappointing because again, all we've got to do is think about that fucking te- technology and what it did to us uh, the season the season before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a title there. 
There's literally yeah. a title there. Well, it's, it's it's not just that, Trev. What about what about Watford? What about Brighton? What about Bournemouth? When Aston Villa have got a point they shouldn't have had. Yeah. What happens if they go down and, they, and Villa stay up by a point? Well, that, 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 could, that could go to court. I mean, it's good. You know Karen Brady's already all over this. Well, how, how unlike her to be uh, an Asian <laughs> provocateur. <laughs> does, she, does she have anything sensible to say or is she just making noises? No, uh, no, star, no, star, saying, star I, the poor. <laughs> the usual. Mm, but, yeah, I mean, it's just it's caused an issue that shouldn't have... Well, it's it's... It's unexplainable, really, how it's actually happened. It's just how how can a system that most people probably think has been flawlessly implemented in the Premier League? Well, to, to be honest, I did because I, I I was on the phone at times, so I had it on mute, and I was like watching it, and I thought, I'm sure that's gone. It that's gone in. That's mm. definitely gone in. And then I saw it wasn't given, and I would just went, oh well, maybe it well, wasn't. Maybe it's yeah. just a weird angle. And I I forgot about it until I put the sound back up again. Yeah. And then I watched it again at half time. I thought. I'm it's a bloody goal, isn't it? And then the, it, the it, screenshot it, of him hid behind the post. It's just like that's it. Like yeah, a, that's probably it, over. That. It, it took the piss. There. But he was the only person behind the post. Behind yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't if he was charged in or anything like that. Yeah, but he, the, he, the he, defender he, stopped. He leaned back into the side rigging. It just looked. Mm. It was so bad. It was so egregious of an error that I mean, you would imagine. Look, I know it's a bit much to ask, but you'd imagine, even like in the good old days, somebody might have said, "No, in fairness, that's a goal," you know. But mm. I mean, like, it's just it, it, it's there's something a bit hinky about it because, mm. like, like I say, I've watched this technology uh, be highly successful in Gaelic football. In Gaelic football, you've got uh, goal posts like rugby, and Gaelic footballers can get a point for pulling it bet- over the bar and between the posts. But oftentimes they will kick the ball so high it will go higher than the posts. Yeah, yeah. And that's when Hawkeye comes in and, and, and earns its crust. Uh, and it's, it, it's been flawlessly spot on. And, 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 and I think it has been in, in the Premier League as well, which is why I don't buy this bullshit about an occluded view. Mm. And I just wish they'd be honest and say, that you know, Michael Eric didn't charge his watch. <laughs> Michael didn't charge his watch, or Eric the tech guy mm. forgot. Whatever, just give us something we can work with because human error we can all understand. Whereas if they're actually saying there's a flaw in the system, then that's just bullshit. You know? They weren't they, Trev, they weren't expecting humans on the pitch. I mean, this has become a real problem with the game at the moment. Human beings will insist on being on the pitch with the ball during the game, and it's only when we can eradicate that problem that this system will work. That's that's correct. Yeah. That is absolutely correct. And I, I want to talk to you about that um, particular take on things. We'll start with you, seeing as we can, right? So we, we had lots of interesting things. It's great to have football back. Let's just say that because we started off, it sounds like we're moaning. We're not. Football's back. I, I don't care that it's a drab, shite, nil-nil game to start off. At least there's football. So there are a couple of things. I'm going to talk to you about crowd noise. I'm going to talk to you about several different aspects of it. injuries. Christ alive, we've got to talk about those. Um, but what I do can want we, to can we talk about Arsenal's travel plans as well? Oh yeah, that's great. That's that's tremendous. <laughs> Jesus class. Christ, lads. Um, but but let's 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 start with this idea of the rules and regulations that we see being implemented and the performative nature of them. Um, and I, I I know what you're going to say, Carl. I think I do because. I think you were just going to say, look, it just has to be done um, and greater good and stuff like that. But I'm going to put it to you because 
just for devil's advocate reasons, I want to hear what you have to think about, what you have to say about it. And I, I want to get the, the opinions of the other two guys in this one as well, and then we'll split up the topics after that. But um, it really sort of jars with me when you see this sort of look. We're like I say, performative stuff. This like look at look at look at us doing the right thing. When you've got fellas forget after a goal goes in, they stop fist bumping and elbow bumping, and there's proper handshakes and there's pats on the back and there's lads rubbing each other's heads and um the very fact that there are fist bumps anyway at the start the very fact that all the players are standing as close to each other as they can as two humans can possibly get uh bar certain um coital situations uh on the pitch what and yet when you go up to the stand each substitute goes to a separate row each substitute wears a face mask. They go into the stand. What's in the stand that's suddenly more dangerous? These guys who they've been on a bus with, who they've been training with, who they're going to take the uh, the park with in a minute when they get brought on, because they will get brought on because everyone's getting injured. What's going on there? I, it seems unnecessarily, I don't know, um, look at us doing the right thing. It doesn't, does it need to be like that? Even in, even TV studios, people just sit two meters apart now these days. That's all they do. Maybe three. What's going on there? I don't get it. Do you? And also Jamie Carragher's tour of the grounds during the entire match. Exactly. I really enjoyed, I enjoyed that though. I thought that was really funny. I, I, I said on Twitter last night, we've all done it. We've all gone to the ground and not known where our seat is, but 10 minutes ago, he's finally sat down because <laughs> he's been yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that he was that like Kevin De Bruyne was taking a throw and then Jamie Carragher was standing behind him with an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was just really surreal to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose if they're taking the advice, then they've got to they've got to do it. And I suppose if it if it stops one person getting the infection, then fair enough. Do you, but how will, how will it stop one person getting the infection? It's not going to stop any of the substitutes from getting the infection. Do you mean by pro- providing the example for all of us d- dobs who don't understand what to do? Or, or what do you mean? Well, it can't hurt, can it? I mean, you, if if people are looking at it thinking, oh, we should be staying far apart, let's do that, then I okay. think that's a good thing. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, that's that. I, I, I kind of half assume that would be your take. Guy, would you agree there? Or is there. It, does it strike you as odd, or, or or am I just being unnecessarily sort of uh, prickly about it? Um, it is a bit odd. I mean, but I can understand it in this country, especially because we've handled the coronavirus that well. like the not the, what was it? A Norwich player tested positive the day after they played against Spurs in a friendly or whatever. So you can't be too. I mean, you can. There's being safe, but I mean, and then he wasn't, by the way. Wasn't he? Okay, that's right. No, no, he was tested positive, then they tested him again two days later and he wasn't. Right, okay. So well, I mean, it's it, an impeccable system. Yeah, that, that's probably the problem. Um, where, I mean, I'm not sure. Germany have obviously handled it a lot better. Just copy them. <laughs> we, we've, we've screwed up. Just copy them. Um, but yeah, I mean... All, I, I, I sign up to the Drinkle newsletter on this. Yeah, copy the Germans at all times. Copy German, yeah. Because... Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They've got, they've got it going on, haven't they? Yeah. They've got copy the Germans at all times. You, Kopak, you were probably out defacing the Churchill statue with that kind of talk, weren't you? What's, how, what's my first name? <laughs> leave that there, shall we? <laughs> You leave my German brethren alone. Uh, you yeah. won the war anyway. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> All on your own. Uh, speaking of which, did you see, see, see the lads trying protecting the um, the statue of George Eliot? Oh, fuck. We c- c- clearly no idea who George Eliot was. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. I love uh, that one. 
the whole statue stuff is such a pantomime <laughs> on all fronts. It's it's quite remarkable. Uh, some of the things happening in the states there are, are are interesting too. But Cam, let me just let let you have your last word on this in terms of uh, the assorted um, japes and jiggery pokery that are going on with the with the with the the coronavirus um, precautions, and then lead us in, if you will, to your take on the crowd noise. Uh, and, and and where you stand on that, because that was new for a lot of people who haven't bothered with Bundesliga. So uh, you can start us with the other one or finish us with the other one and start us with the second one. Well, um, I think possibly the reason that they're wearing the face masks when they're in the stands is because they're around or they're in the vicinity of other people who are not part of the club. Their club, for example... Oh, the major, yeah. There'll there'll be media around there. There'll be some stewards of some sort around there. Um, There'll be some uh, first aid professionals in that vicinity, maybe. So it's just about taking precautions about where you are. Obviously, all the players are being tested on a regular basis. All the club members are being tested on a regular basis. So hence why they're probably reasonably safe on the pitch when they're playing. So I think it's just been overly cautious and I think it's probably better to be overly cautious than not yeah, so so um, it's not you know a bad thing in that respect it's, it's just conspiracy theory Trev again isn't it that's what it is well it's just a normal day in the Trev, Trev mind so I, uh, I, I, hey, it'll, it'll, it'll be the Mayans in a minute you watch I didn't have a conspiracy theory about it I said it's performative bollocks and that's what it is performative bollocks yeah but you're that's, building one aren't you let's face it I'm not building one at all no is I, it the aliens again Trev it's, we spoke about the lizards. We, <laughs> we, we're cool with the lizards now. What's we persuaded you not to do the 40 minute intro. What's going to happen is when the aliens do come. God, what, what do you mean, do come? <laughs> you lot. You lot are first against the wall, I'll tell you that. My alien brethren and I will be sorting you right out. Uh, here, here's, here's what I was going. I was going to sign off with a nice harmless thing before you started attacking my um, uh, my intelligence and personality. Let's go for um, the red lunacy there, but carry on. The uh, the the reason, of course, why they're all going up in the stand is because there are now eleventy five substitutes. That's why they're going up into the stand. I'd forgotten about that. Anyway, Brainchy, I'm going to forgive sure. you and let you take take us into the crowd noise thing. Okay, yeah. The crowd noise, um, when I was watching the, the odd Bundesliga game, the crowd noise worked quite well, I felt. Um, it, it helped with the enjoyment of the game because obviously when you're watching a game of football, you don't really tend to watch the crowd in the background. You notice them, but you're not, obviously, your, your main focus and attention is actually on the game itself. Watching the games yesterday, it felt a little bit odd. I just, because I don't know if they, they just sort of got it slightly wrong or they got it slightly mistimed in what they were doing. Um, the, the symmetry wasn't there for me. And I just found it a little bit odd, but I'd rather have the crowd noise there than not. Because when I watched the games, again, the odd game I watched in the Bundesliga, when there was no crowd noise, it is odd. It really is weird. It, it really does feel like a training match. So, yeah, yeah. And so having that crowd noise there yesterday certainly helped with the 
the the aesthetics and the enjoyment of actually watching the game. I mean, you know, it, it just work. It does work better, but it, it again, like I say, just did still didn't quite. They didn't quite get it right yesterday. Hopefully, that's just teething issues for me. Well, I've seen it compared to canned laughter in a comedy. It's kind of reassuring. It's a little signifier you're supposed to do something now. Uh, and even if you don't laugh, you don't mind the fact that the canned laughter is there in a lot of cases. And it's a little prompt, a little thing. And something, like I say, that's reassuringly familiar. But the the place I go to to with you, Guy, on this is, uh, again, I, I've, I've got Sky. So what they were doing is they were showing on one channel the match with the crowd noise. And on the other channel of the match without the crowd noise. And as Cam says, it's very jarring to listen to the game without any of this ambient crowd noise. But my problem with Sky anyway, and their um, broadcast of it, was the crowd noise wasn't coming in loud enough. I don't really mind that it's a bit off because it's some, you know, Burke pressing a button. It's difficult. It's a new skill for somebody to learn. So Mm -hmm. fine. But it was too low. Whereas I saw some American pals commenting on Twitter that they had way, way, way launched it up too high and it was almost intrusive. So there is a happy Goldilocks zone there where they can probably uh, go to. Uh, that would be my take. What, what's what, How would you react to those ideas? Yeah, I think it's all part of the teething process. Uh, and yeah, I mean, watching the Bundesliga coverage on BT, they'll obviously have practice with that. Um, when they get the Premier League as well, so they might be more used to it than Sky. I, I haven't seen the American comparison, but for me, I mean, even even both the games, I thought the people at the Etihad, whoever was doing it, were doing it a lot better at Villa Park, because the people at Villa Park, it was like people with like a Casio keyboard on like the um, <laughs> what, the sound effect mode. Is that, yeah, it the, the, the chorus yeah. setting. Yeah, it was like when someone took a corner and it hit, like, went out straight away. It was like, ooh! It was like, ooh! Yeah. <laughs> I think you've missed nothing. You've fucked up there, Chief. It's just, I, like, I reckon, I reckon you've gone, you've gone way, way, way too technical, uh, technical with the Casio keyboard. Yeah. I think, I think it's uh, our pals with the BBC sound effects again, uh, <laughs> and they've got to get a new record on and find the track each and every time because it's, it was bad. Yeah, you're right. It was bad. It was out of whack. It was out of kilter. But allowing for the fact that it will come in, like, did you think it was a bit a bit low as well? It was sort of barely there at times. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why. I think that's why the funny moments with when it went ooh and stuff like that probably stood out more. But yeah. I mean, that's probably the loudest. Yes, yeah, I, I remember the bit when <laughs> Villa had a shot right into Dean Henderson's chest, and then there was this pause, and then a, oh, as in, you know, a, a full two yeah. seconds. Has that gone in? I'm not sure. No, no, he saved that. Oh, it was, it was that sort of, you know. Yeah. Did you did you notice, Carl, that um, I think Gary Neville, being the good company man that he is, seemed to be trying to compensate for the lack of uh, Sky's technical um, um, uh, excellence when it came to the sound. Because every, you know, he does like once a game, he'll do something where he goes, oh, as if like, oh, this is, this is trouble. That's a terrible yeah, mistake. Yeah. Yeah, he does this sort of long drawn out. Oh, he must like, have done. I like that he does that to be honest. But he must have done five or six of them last night. It was totally. Yeah. He was he 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 overuses immensely. I think there was compensation going on there. Ali, listen, did you did you manage to flick between the two or? Well, did I, you... I did, well, I didn't know. So I, I to be honest, okay. I, I had the, the Villa game. I had the, the sound on, 
Then I flicked round and I obviously got on the wrong station. So I watched the City game in silence. Um, look, looking to mute Martin Tyler more than anything. Yeah. But, um, you know, cause that, that, that's a, that's a noise in the ground that no club deserves. Um, to have him wittering on with his nonsense in the background. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if they know, um, uh, that they know, uh, something. I was, I was talking to Tony Evans on, on Twitter about this last night. It reminds me of the old, like, um, the Central League Liverpool reserve games that, you know, you could get in free if you had a season ticket or it was 50p to get in. And it was mostly just like kids in the main stand, just what, barely watching the match, just jumping up and down on the seats most of the time. And all you could, you could basically hear like, you know, players like John Dernan swearing at Mike Cooper and Liverpool goal and stuff like that. It just reminded me of that. Which I, I like that. That took me back a bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I can live without the sound things. I'll, I'll be watching it without sound on Sunday. Will you? Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's exciting enough for me. I don't need to be told that this is fun. I'll be too, I'll be too busy shouting. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll have uh, adjusted the volumes, uh, and I'll endure Tyler because I, there's something about commentary I just do. I think it's preferable. But again, if it's somewhere else, I'll watch it somewhere else rather than the, the Sky commentary because they are an atrocity at times. Um, we could take ourselves into the second of the two games you mentioned, watching the City game uh, on silent mode. Uh, you can't fail to have brought some loud noises to your front parlor or wherever it is you take in your your, your footy the estate uh, yeah in the estate when you i don't know were you in the guest lodge last night or, or the, <laughs> the gate lodge rather yeah um, but um when you did ask your footman to leave so you could enjoy the football the football alone um leaving only you your maid and your uh your uh your butler did you did you make several uh sort of loud noises in the direction of David Louise last night because that was a comical showing by that poor chap. I've, I've got an opinion on David Louise and I, I genuinely stick to this. So just imagine the four of us were as fit as David Louise and we all took 10 minutes in that game yesterday with the same working knowledge of how to play football. I reckon he'd be third and fourth best. I honestly don't know how he got a job as a professional footballer. And, and that's an easy thing to say. That's a throwaway thing. I used to say about Ryan Babel all the time. He's an athlete, not a footballer, because he's got no brain. He's got nothing in his head at all. I don't know what David Louise wants. And what stuns me more than anything else is Chelsea paid the money. PSG paid the money. Chelsea paid the money again. Arsenal paid the money. And no one said, but the lad can't play football. He hasn't got a head. I mean, you can say the same about, about Granite Jacker as well. But I understand Granite Jacker. Granite Jacker is very good at some things, mostly kicking people in the air when they should be kicked. And I've got no problem with that. I don't know what David Luiz wants on a football pitch. And, well, I, I, you, don't think, and I don't think he does either. You do. You want He wants players not to run at him, attack him. He wants the ball in front of him. He wants, he wants the, sorry, he wants the, the play in front of him. He wants to be, um, looking like some sort of libero striving out from the back. And he can't even do that properly. And listen, if you think about it, the guy's been front and centre in some really, really abysmal showings, including that time when Brazil got absolutely stuffed at the World Cup. And, and Anfield, Anfield this season, he just gave us the game. Well, if, you, sure. if, you, if you remember, he just stopped running when Mo Salah went past him. Then he gave away the penalty. Yeah, yeah. And, and last night... I, I think the penalty is amateurish beyond belief. But I think... The way in which he goes at that first one, and they, they concede where um, Sterling gets in and it comes off his thigh, 
It's so amateurish, so lazy, so I think that's just a terrible, terrible attitude the kid's showing. And, you know, he came out and he fronted up afterwards. He said, I just had a bad night. It's all my fault and the goals are my fault and I really want to stay here and I think the coach wants me to stay here and I think I know what you'd be telling me, uh, telling Mikel Arteta. Um, but it doesn't appear to be what they're saying to each other. Maybe he will go. Carragher last night was saying he's definitely off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Cam, you, you saw the game as well. Uh, is, did you think Arsenal had a shout? Because I watched, I watched the first half in its entirety and I thought, do you know what? This lot are fragile at the back. You can get at them. Arsenal hit a few long balls over the top and the kid they had up top in Ketia, is it? He got away a couple of times. He was offside once. Uh, he wasted a chance when he was offside um, that, you know, if he had put it in, it would have been a controversial one. Uh, they had, they could be got at. Uh, people people running at City's, City's defence, they didn't like that. Um, and I thought, Jesus, there could be a bit of hope here and then enter our pal. Um, yeah, they could have been uh, 3-0 up um, before... Uh David Luiz decided to do what he did. Um, or the keeper made three good saves that um, you would have expected him to make. Great, I thought. I thought the keeper. Yeah, I mean, there were three good save, very good saves. They weren't world class or anything like that. They, they were three really good saves that you would expect a, a good quality keeper to make. I felt so. Um, that tells you that Man City were controlling the game. I was watching the game with uh, my nephew, one of the dirty manks. And um, he was just in awe of um, how Kevin De Bruyne was just running the show and, you know, how he was just a joy to watch. It was an absolute masterclass from Kevin De Bruyne yesterday. Uh, put aside how bad David Luiz was, Man City were by far the dominant team. Um, it was only a question of when they were going to score, not a question of if they were going to score yesterday. Um, regardless of what David Luiz did, they were in complete control of that game, I felt. So, um, but David Luiz, yeah, he had a really bad day at the office. Um, and I still think he will play again. I don't think he will be jettisoned out of the club. He has a contract. I, I think his contract runs out this, this year at Arsenal. I think, I don't think they've renewed it. So some club will take him. There's no doubt about it. Some club will take him. I Carragher reckons, guy, that he's done in the Premier League after last night, uh, that that guy is not going to get a, a Premier League club. Now, as Cam says, he'll definitely get a club. He could get a very high-profile club abroad, um, you know, because they, they, they won't have the um, hmm. the sort of community memory of him that uh, the Premier League supporters have. What, what's, what's your, what's your to wrap this up on, on, uh, on our pal, what's your take on, on himself? He's a midfielder. He's always been a midfielder. Rafa Benitez yeah, tried to turn him into a midfielder. And then people didn't listen to Rafa Benitez. He's one of the best defensive coaches in the last 15, 20 years. <laughs> the only good year I remember him having was under Conte when he played in the middle of a back three, when he could just do what yeah. he wants. He's good on the ball. Yeah. Everyone knows he's good on the ball. Can't defend. Can't defend. He's a midfielder or a middle of a back three. That's it. And, yeah, I think... Arsenal's best defender Mustafi. They they they're not getting top four if their best defender is no, Mustafi. No. <laughs> um, no chance. No mm. chance. 
I mean, too, too many kids Arsenal as well. I thought what they were doing about Lacazette. So that just didn't make any sense to me at all. I don't get that. I really don't get that. Now, listen, if this, if this Nketiah guy is good, uh, I'm happy to see a kid getting a chance up front. But there were too many in the mix last night. And actually, you know, when you start with... I think I Lacazette, I think Lacazette wants... Well, Aubameyang probably wants off as well, but I think Lacazette wants out as well. Jesus Christ, if, if one mm. or both of them go, they're, they're banging trouble. Well, Aubameyang's, Aubameyang's got one year left on his deal. He probably has one more big move left in him. And Lacazette was never meant to go to Arsenal. He was meant to go to Atletico Madrid anyway. Yeah. But they were in a transfer. Uh, uh, Aubameyang's what, 31? Something like that, yeah. 31, 32. Yeah. yeah. And Lacazette's a bit younger, I think. Just a smidge. I think he's late 20s. So, I'd fucking, I, I'll tell you what, I'd take him at Liverpool tomorrow, Lacazette. I, I've always liked that kid. Mm, I thought he'd be better, but Arsenal were that shit. I don't know how, how good anyone is there, to be honest. I just looked at Bamiang and it says he's 55. I just realised there's two players called Tia Henry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 55 uh, and still, he's still, he's still, he's still Arsenal's best player. Yeah, 55. Yeah, mm. Quiz champion trap down. He strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I'll give you your, your, your chance to recover some face here by uh, getting us started on the the topic of um, that was introduced kind of by yourself early on. Uh, the idea that we saw um, quite a Quite an impressive showing, I thought, at least um, from people who can maybe get it wrong and be a bit tone deaf. Um, I've seen them be a little bit tone deaf with LGBTQ stuff in the past. I mean, they, they make an effort, but it's it seems like tokenism at times. And the Black Lives Matter uh, efforts on behalf of the players, on behalf of the uh, the the league in general. I mean. They were pretty on point, I think you'd have to say. There was a that that little gesture of taking the knee after the whistle had gone. I thought that was a particularly powerful thing. It really was. That was brilliant. That was genuinely, I was genuinely stunned by that. I thought it was really yeah. good. Like, I mean, what, 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 apart altogether, like, and again, you could read into the, the shirt thing uh, as being a very powerful symbol too, and as opposed to you know the individual in question, let's just... Uh, let's just agree to this concept, and you know some people are finding it very difficult to do that. God bless them. Uh, the 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 all lives the all lives matters people are uh, are. Yeah, but you're not you're not being killed by a government agency. That's they're, the they're, they're they're remarkably vocal and they're remarkably emboldened, and they they have uh, they've taken every opportunity to make their fucking shitty point. Um, but I, I suppose, yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. Just in a nutshell, I thought I thought it was well done. Uh, I I didn't think I didn't think it was too much of a stretch. I didn't think it was too try hard. Um, I I, th- I did I heard some comments that it was. I didn't think so. I thought it was pretty much on the money. Yeah, there's like on the BBC tweet or the there's lots. Of, oh God, that's so cringeworthy. Fuck off. Seriously, just fuck off. Did you I mean, check I mean, did you I mean, check, I mean, check the uh, the uh, profiles of the people who were saying that? I guarantee you, it was uh, names and numbers. Dave Millwall fan, um, and in his in his bio, he's probably got uh, a, uh, a what do you call it, a Union Jack and a, and a St George's Cross and a and a, and there was, there a was, uh, divorced U- divorced Union Jack missing, <laughs> missing my kids Jack. Millwall FC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the United one about Rashford, you know, the usual Abbey and this called fifty two years by now. This Marxist dogma will stand all that sort of stuff. And he had um, he had a Brexit party avatar. 
followed by Union Jack, followed by uh, the George's flag, followed by All Lives Matter. And my mate said, that's number wang. He's got the lot. <laughs> He's number one. He's got the lot. He's that's 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 uh, absolute arsehole bingo right there. You've just got it. You've just got a full house, pal. Uh, yeah. You know, but but look look. Uh, let, let, let's 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 segue out of that because there's only so much we can say about it. And again, if if either of the other two lads want to have a chat about it and bring it back around to that, feel I've free. I've got something to say on it. Right. Well, I will come to you in a minute. But okay. Let me talk to you a little bit, Carl, about the thing you wanted to bring up, um, which was, again, another good thing that we saw during the week. Um, uh, and not just during the week, but over, over the, the, the weeks that have just passed, where we saw a young man stepping up and getting harangued by several idiots, uh, the Katie Hopkins Brigade and so on, for doing some good. Um, and when you compare and contrast it to the whole shit show with Matt Hancock um, trying to put footballers under pressure when him and his mates were squirreling out the back without uh, so much as a buyer leave and asking for extra money, um, the look over there brigade, I think they got nicely caught out by the acts of Marcus Rashford Um and the movement that he's trying to put in place and the work that he's done. I, 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 I think he's a very impressive young man, Carl. He's 22. He's 22. And I, I saw a tweet last night where someone put up his original tweet saying, who do I speak to about the school voucher system? And it was literally five days ago um, between, between that and then when the time the government gave in. So five mm-hmm. days ago, he puts up the original tweet. He, he does some work on that. He puts that big letter out. The government say no. The government say yes in five days. That's one imp- impressive lad. And I will say this, and I, it sounds mealy mouth me to criticise people about this, but you don't have to say, I'm a Liverpool supporter, but to admire him. It, it, it's not a, This isn't about football. It's about a kid who grew up in the sort of economic climate where he too, um, you know, went hungry occasionally. And for him to stand up and do it, like Haku's done something similar actually as well uh, a while ago, not, not quite to this level, but he, he gave a big um, an interview about like, you know, the, the time when he was growing up in Belgium and, he remembers um, his mum saying, "Oh, we're, we're having very watered down milk with our Weetabix today because they couldn't afford milk." And you know, and you think you think multi-millionaire footballer, and you think you know they've always had that life and they haven't. So Marcus Rashford, I just think it's an incredibly impressive thing to do. Um, he seems a likable lad anyway, and I, obviously I wish him 363 days of happiness per year. Uh, and um, yeah, and and. So again, just to read the comments. Hang about, hang about. We may play them in the Champions League. Let's just leave that with an asterisk beside it. Is that okay? I can't see that happening somehow. But okay, <laughs> if, if, if you want to put that caveat in, then fair enough. Um, but um, FA Cup, League Cup. Oh, who cares? Klopp <laughs> doesn't care about that shit. No. <laughs> Tell you what, Rashford can have that because he's a good luck. Yeah, exactly. he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be playing either, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I just think um, it's just I love when people get that power. As like you know, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick before as well, Kaepernick or whatever. Um, it's it's when people get that power and they think, do you know what? I think I can change things for the good here. And I've been thinking about this recently because I've been on Instagram and I follow a lot of comedians and they're all all their stories are being like you know Black Lives Matter or you know end poverty and that sort of thing. And there's what I'm not I won't say who it is, but there's one and all she's done is talk about this new lip liner she's found. And I thought <laughs> that's not to slag her off or anything. You know, she just does. She's just not like that as a person. That's fair enough. And I just thought it's not football tends to be the opposite of that. 
it's mostly people talking about lip liner and this lad's just gone, do you know what? I think I can use my name to change things for the better. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fully behind what you, the point you're making there. And um, I would also just say that I'd prefer that Hollywood stars talked about lip liner instead of doing black and white videos telling oh. us. God. It's about how they feel uh, responsible and take responsibility because that can fuck off. Um, Cam, you wanted to come in on the topic that we had sort of um, moved to the side of, so please do. Yeah, um, I'll just make a quick comment on um, uh, not Daniel Rashford, but Marcus Rashford. Daniel, Daniel, yeah, Daniel yeah. Rashford. Um, <laughs> do you want to explain that to people just in case they don't get it? Because our American listeners won't get that. Right. Um, the, uh, the UK health secretary, whose name I shall not mention, did an interview on TV and he referred to Marcus. Oh, no, Hancock. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Hancock. Um, he referred to Marcus Rushford as Daniel Rushford and just carried on with the interview. Well, that's all I saw of it. So I'm assuming I don't know if he was corrected and how he corrected himself, but he tried to make a funny, funny tweet out of it later on anyway. So, um, which I think uh, Marcus Rashford, um, to be fair, took it in good humour. It's all right. Dominic yeah. Raab continued it today as well, if you've not seen it. Well, yeah, you know, because nobody's ever ne- kneeled before, have they? Uh, <laughs> it's only happened to game, it's only only game of fucking frauds. Fuck me. But, you know, but <laughs> actually, talking of kneeling, and this is what I wanted, just wanted to say on um, Marcus Rashford, um, Mr. Raab should know that when you are given a a knighthood, for example, you kneel. Surely, you know, he, he would have known some of these people who have knelt before his glorious queen. And, um, so that, that's a bit odd that he didn't realize that people knelt. Maybe when he proposed to his wife, he didn't kneel. I don't know. So, um, but Lizard, lizards can't actually kneel. It's the, there's, there's a, a uh, is that they, what don't have, they don't have that knee function. Right. Hasn't he seen Superman 2, where Superman has to kneel towards Zod, but he changes the chambers round so he drains of his power out the other way around? I think I've said too much there, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please, <laughs> draining chambers, that's disgusting. Move it on, move it on yes. quickly, Cam. Move it yeah, on so, quickly. Um, Marcus Rashford is what everybody says a sports person should be, or the claim that they should be, and that's a role model. He is now the ideal role model. And if anybody is deserving of a, an MBE, an OBE, a knighthood, for example, then it would be Marcus Rashford. But what he has done there, as Carl said, in five days, literally in five days, is more than what Alan Shearer did for scoring goals for England and getting whatever accolade he got from the establishment, for example, and even our own Steven Gerrard, for example, may have done, you know, in my eyes, just my opinion, that's, you know, that's what, but, you know. but even moving away from football, it's more than what the people who've been paid to do something about it in the government have done about it. Exactly. He, he's, effect, he's affected change. He's used his platform. He's used his celebrity. He's used his voice. Okay. And he's, 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 um, he's elevated. Uh, a topic to public uh, uh, consumption and interest and put pressure on a crowd who couldn't afford 
um, to be seen to do anything except acquiesce to the simple uh, request that was being made. And it's, it's the cleverest form of, of activism. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, can we, we just, should do something on this trip, by the way. We should do something about footballers who quite like as human beings. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm all for Jermaine, it. Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe. I really like Jermaine Defoe. I saw, yeah. a thing, saw, saw a thing during the week where Jermaine Defoe, I think he's still playing, right? And, yeah, um, Rangers. He, where is he? Rangers. Get the focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. This fuck, is not, fuck him. This, this, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's gone downhill all of a sudden. Wherever this was, a, a kid was lining up to take a, a free kick, and, 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 and Defoe was saying, no, it's, let me take the fucking free kick. That was in America. It was in America. That's what MLS, I thought. MLS, yeah. And, and, and I saw this video just during the week, and uh, he, he had the biggest cry ever. He was having a go at everyone. Uh, but this kid stood up and said, no, I'm having it. Um, and he blasted it into the top corner. And the face of the foe was a picture. The camera stayed on him. He went from absolutely irate and indignant to just a big smiling head. And he couldn't, wait, couldn't wait to get to his pal to say, fuck it, you were right. Um, so I think you're right, Carl. You could be onto something there. That, that's um, like um, uh, Jesse Lingard and Trent when they obviously they made a bad decision during an England game. You've seen that. There's been a game going on and Trent's trying to shake Eric, um, Eric Dyer's hand. And he's trying to shake Jesse Lingard's hand. Oh, he's yeah. obviously got the winner. Yeah, and, they're all, and, they go, and they go, no, it's a disgrace. No, it's a disgrace. And then Lingard says, go on, hit the bar for me. And then he does. And they all just fall about laughing. It's a really nice moment. It but Lingard's just going, oh, fair enough. Like, if you can do that. Yeah, yeah it is. It's is. the bar from like 70 yards out. Guy, I heard you wanting to come in there. Oh, I, 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 I stepped on the Black Lives Matter. Sorry. Oh, just, just hang on one, one minute, Cam, because sure. I, I stepped on Guy coming mm-hmm. in there. Were you, you, you going to say something, man? I was just going to point out. This is all down to Marcus Rashford. There is no fucking way in hell the Tories, if they didn't have this spotlight on them, I know they've got a spotlight on them for pretty much fucking the entire country in the last few months, but if it wasn't for the spotlight placed on them by Marcus Rashford, there's no way they would have backtracked that. that no chance. Like, no yeah, chance. Yeah, Absolutely. That, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to say about the way that he used his profile and personality and, 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 and platform. Uh, and he is perfect activism. He embarrassed the shit out of them, and it worked. It was beautiful to see. Cam, sorry, now get back to oh, you sorry. talking about uh, finishing out, finishing, Jesus, finishing us out with the topic of Black Lives Matter. Okay, it's very, very. I've just got a few words to say on it. It's something I saw on Twitter. It was a, it's a young, it's a very young, uh, black girl. She's probably about six or seven years old, and she's holding a poster. And this is what the poster said. We said black lives matter. Never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with hashtag black lives matter or black lives are in danger. And for me, what is written there sums up the whole movement perfectly about what it should be about and how they are trying to say we're not saying all lives do not matter. We're not saying that at all. What we're trying to say is that there is a there is a um, not a situation but black lives have been targeted for too long now by the establishment, by everybody as such. And we need to make our voice heard. And you need to help us. 
asking for help. They're not trying to say we're bigger and better than anybody. They want your help. I heard a little reference recently. Um, just to sort of address these all lives matter dubs. Uh, and it was a very simple sort of a, a metaphor. Um, and it was basically saying, right, say we all live in a, in a state and we all got our houses and we're all of different creeds and colors. And at the moment, the house belonging to the black folk is on fire. Right now, do you, while that house is on fire, say, my house matters. Do you fuck? You go and you take a bucket of water and you help fix the problem. You help address the issue. And it just, to me, that's as, it's, it's, it, it, it was, it was simple and powerful in that regard. It, it just, it, it, it exposed the lunacy and the idiocy, um, of the other stuff without getting into any issues of privilege or anything else. Just, just decency, you know. There's a situation here where people are being treated in a, in a horrendous fashion, and why can't you just say that's happening, A, and uh, see, can you do something about it, B? It's not complicated. It really isn't. We're now an hour into the show, lads, um, and I think we should um, finish up with a story by Carl Kopak about how he was involved in mind control. <laughs> no, I, I mentioned this on Twitter before, and uh, Tressa, I, I have to talk about it. So basically, I used to work for, uh, oh, I've, got to be, I've got to be incredibly careful. I used to work <laughs> for, shall, shall we say, a large media company, and we used to have like a sales conference every year where they'd tell us what the hell the plan was this time, and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and they had a guest on who was, had just sold the company their, their latest data capture system. Uh, you know, like the database you work from with your addresses on your company names, all that sort of stuff. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's incredibly dull. And um, this man made everyone in the room, and that's, I'd say that's about 200 people, stand up in the room, raise their right hand, and swear an allegiance to his product. Holy shit. Yeah. And people did it with a smile on their face. I was going to say the question that follows is, did this assembled group do as they were requested to do? They thought it was fun. Did they think it was fun? My God. Yeah. yeah. And is one, there one person didn't? Is is <laughs> yeah? Okay. Guess who that was, readers? <laughs> uh, can, can you can you can you? Is there any way in which that situation played out in that guy's head, where he actually thought it was just a bit of fun, or is there any possibility at all that it wasn't a cynical gesture in his part? Um, it was wacky. Oh my god, it was wacky. And as Tim in the office says, it's the wackiness I can't stand. Well, that's the worst, if we're being honest. Yeah. Wackiness is the worst. I'm going to finish with yourself, seeing as you are good enough to talk to us about that moment where you um, got MK MKUltrad um, with the group of people. Um, and we'll go uh, reverse order this time. So, Cam, what have you got to finish us out with? Cam, who, Cam, who was on mute? Sorry, sorry, I had you on mute there. Uh, Call him by his real name, Daniel. Daniel, we need you. 
Yeah, D- Daniel Branch is going to finish finish the show. I, and and by the way, Branch, just so you understand, you don't have us on mute. You're muting yourself. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a, again a technical thing. But I want you to, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. Anyway, go ahead. What what have you what have you got to finish us at? Thanks, Ravinda. Um, Sorry, it's all right. Uh, just a couple of uh, recommendations from me today. No finishing quote. Um, been watching a couple of uh, Amazon Prime shows lately, so. I finally caught up with The Boys. There's just Ooh, one season show. so far, and it is it is good. It's very, very good. Well worth the watch. And I'm currently watching uh, a show called Bosch, uh, B-O-S-C-H. And it's oh, yeah, that's a detective show, right? I've seen detective this. Detective show in yeah, L.A. Yeah. It is really engaging. I've, I've, I've really got into it. I mean, I've, I've been watching some shows lately where I – I sort of then drift off. But no, um, this has got me. So uh, I'm I'm flying through that. I'm on season three now. I only started it about three days ago. So it's ten episodes uh, a season. Class. Well, I'll get my little uh, recommendation in um, while I'm at it. Earlier on, I mentioned that um, we're doing a, a Harlan Ellison story for the great stories that's coming out uh, this week. Um, I've, I'm in the middle of the edit and it's gargantuan. Uh, so it will be with you very soon. And then I'm going to do another one back to back almost immediately afterwards. That will be a Kurt Vonnegut story called to be or not to be. Um, so that'll be two sort of dystopian, uh, future stories coming back to back on the great stories to relaunch it after, um, what was going on with myself for a long time. And in the reading stakes, I've had my brand new glasses on of late and I've been breaking into the library and going back and rereading books that I've got here on my shelves. And I have a whole section in the cinema part of my library where I've got, I think it's like four books by a guy called Peter Biskind. Uh, Down and Dirty Pictures is one. Uh, Gods and Monsters, I think, is the other one. Um, but my favorite is The Kid Stays in the Picture. And it's all about the 70s cinema scene uh, and the uh, producers and actors who are prevalent in it. Um, there's one central character, Robert Evans, who's like this sort of playboy producer. Really interesting character. Um, it's, I don't know how to explain it except to say it's like the best soap opera ever with the biggest superstars ever and all this salacious uh, extra bits and pieces, as well as tickling your uh, cineast funny bone. If you're into 70s cinema, and frankly, if you're not, get into 70s cinema. Lads. So that's me. Um, uh, I don't know what reverse order means. That's Guy next then. Well, from one cinema scene to the other. Yes. <laughs> to, the, go, to the best one. So what lessons do you think we've learned from Zombievers people? And this is just pure free, filthy advertising for whoever the hell made this film. If you don't want to watch this film after this, what we learned section, God help you. So what we learned, if you get bitten by a zombie, you don't turn into a zombie, you turn into a beaver zombie. This also applies to bears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's magic. (laughs) I'm I'm literally going online and buying that now. I imagine it went straight to DVD. I'm just guessing there. Straight to number one in my heart. That's where it was. <laughs> wow, number one with a bullet. I, 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 so, so I understand it. So I understand. I want to mm-hmm. understand the lesson. 
So when zombies, when humans are turned into zombies by mm-hmm. zombievers, they become human zombies. Yes. But they have beaver-like traits, yes? Yes. So when a <laughs> bear... No, no, no. <laughs> when a bear is mm-hmm. zombied mm-hmm. by a zombiever, they are bear zombies, but with beaver-like traits? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the film, am I? <laughs> There's only one way to figure that out, and I will not spoil this film. <laughs> I just love the idea of someone coming across this podcast and just like, you know, um, just winding through bits and then just ending up with this part of the podcast. Going, Some, the someone definitely is- skipped from the Black Lives Matter bit to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they talked a lot about zombievers. Yes. Well, listen, this is this is the absolute essence of this show uh, is the is the uh, the compare and contrast aspect. Bring us home, Carl Carbac. What have you got? I want to talk about an Anfield, ne- Anfield Index writer called Joe Thomas. Um, he is um, so on Sun Green Grass and a Ball, the um, thing we have every single week. Every Wednesday it comes out. I've been asking for new writers to get in touch. And if they can write, then uh, they want to write about something that's not about LFC, then they're more than welcome. So uh, Joe contacted me in the week and said he wants to write about the Bundesliga and how it got him through the COVID crisis and as well as the death of a loved one. It was a really, really beautiful piece, and I recommend you read it on the website. As ever, I echo that. Um, we didn't get to speaking about Jim White. We didn't get to speaking oh, about, about Lisa Faulkner. I don't know what that's all about, Carl. We didn't get to talk. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a different show. That's a different show. Uh, there's lots we didn't get to. We'll get to more. But by the time we speak to you next, the Reds will have played and hopefully we'll be a step closer to the one thing that we all want. Um, and hopefully that'll be on its way soon. Stick with us for the rest of the season. That's a great thing to be able to say. I'm very excited to be able to say it. I had a lovely correspondence with, um, a, an American listener. Um, I'm just going to name checker here, Lisa Marie, who was telling us that actually we, uh, do sort of fill in a couple of hours on the commute. That's nice to know. And people are always so generous in what they say about the show. And as I said to the lads, I, I often forget to pass it on to them and I should do it more often. And that was just this week's interaction. So it's nice to know that we're, I guess, um, fulfilling some sort of role, even if it is passing the time for people. Um, do stick with us. Do let your friends and family know about the show. Look at the range you get. Look at the range from social commentary to deep B-movie analysis. It couldn't get any better. And a bit of philosophy thrown in. No branch grenade this week, although I guess one or two of his more obstreperous moments could count. Lots of things that we have to get to. No with Nil and I this week. So lots of little things. Very little, very little Netflix talk this week. These are some of the more regular features that you can expect. Uh, but do stay with us for the rest of the campaign. Uh, we're enjoying immensely the fact that we have football to talk about. And we will speak to you next week. So until then, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.